Spade Spoon Soul, a podcast about all the ways food intersects with our faith. From seed to spade to spoon. I'm Brian Sellers Peterson, and today I am in Mankato, Minnesota, uh, my hometown, seeing my daddy, and then I'm going to go see my brother and his husbands. They're both doing plays, so I'm going up to see plays today. So I'm on the land of the, the Lakota. Um, and uh, I get to work with these great people, everyone in the room today. Well, hi, I'm Derek Weston. I'm the Triple S producer and sometimes co-host um, with Bishop Jennifer being on sabbatical. I'll be here a little bit more often. Um, I'm on the Piscataway uh, land. I don't think I ever mentioned that. Uh, I am I am in Lutherville, Maryland, just north of Baltimore, and this is this is Piscataway land. And um, I don't get to see any place today. I'm just just meetings after meetings after meetings. But this is this is one of the meetings that I'm most looking forward to today. Yeah. Well, today we are joined by Melanie Mullen, who's a priest of the Episcopal Church and also the director of reconciliation, justice, and creation care in the pres- office of the presiding bishop. And we're going to turn the tables on our Triple S co-host, Jerusalem Greer. She's going to be on the receiving end of questions today. But along with Melanie, Jerusalem serves on the staff of the presiding bishop as the manager of evangelism and discipleship. So we're going to start with you, Melanie, because you haven't asked, uh, been asked this question yet. Um, where are you rooted? Um, that can be a place, that can be a community, uh, that could be a, an idea, a concept, a theology, however you want to take that. Where are you rooted? I love well, that. Well, we do, we do, we do rule out, you know, sort of science fiction type of stuff. <laughs> Otherwise, no, no AI, but we're good. Okay. Not in the cosmos, but um, no, I, not, not interstellar yeah. space. Okay. Typically, I I reside um, right. Uh, a block away from the banks of the Anacostia River, which would be the land of the former Anacostians and Piscataway peoples. Um, my heart and uh, my being reside in um, North Carolina. Uh, I grew up in Charlotte, but uh, I I spend a lot of time thinking about the sort of the family burial plots, which are in Eastern North Carolina, down in Goldsboro, a place where you can get pickles and barbecue. Um, all in one go, um, but yeah, uh, but my yeah, I'm rooted also like in this church and in in the people that formed me. Even a little bit in Washington D.C., where a priest told me, "Hey, if you're not going to go to law school, you should go to seminary and do something with that <laughs> righteous anger." So yeah, yeah. Jerusalem, how about you? Tell us about are 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 you even rooted these days? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> uh, so I am a new transplant. So I have like little baby roots trying to form, right? Um, we moved to North Rural, New Jersey last summer um, to a 140 acre farm land forest. It's all preserved. Um, it was a former dairy farm. And uh, we are literally trying to establish roots here and seeing if it's going to take, right? Like, (laughs) 
seeing seeing uh, if if the soil here and and uh, is conducive to our flourishing. Um, and it's uh, mm. the land of the Lenape people is where we are. This area, interestingly enough, I just got back from a week trip to Arkansas, which um, listeners might remember is where I was previously rooted and where a big part of my heart is is still rooted and I went and got um filled up got re-nourished it was really fun to go and be a guest and I had multiple sleepovers like with all my favorite people right like I I, I couch hopped essentially luckily I'm older and <laughs> they're all older and so I I got to guest room hop but um <laughs> uh from from place to place seeing family and friends and just um it's like you know it was like a parched desert um just getting so much nourishment and and good rain and um that was really really good for me so that's where that's my current root status (laughs) state of your root system that's right that's the state of my root system currently love it Okay, we want to definitely talk about today uh, a festival for the Jesus Movement, which is all about love, and it's going to be in Baltimore in July. We want to talk about that, but before we get there, I need some, us, the two of you together is fantastic, for me personally, uh, because I don't know, a couple years ago or more, I got called out of the the blue by Jerusalem and said, you know, would you like to uh, be a consultant for this thing that we've started called Good News Gardens, which is a joint project of creation care and evangelism. And so it's your two departments that uh, I get to do all this fun stuff around the country. But I'd like to hear from you talk a little bit about the intersection of evangelism in the Episcopal Church and creation care. Now it does come together in Good News Gardens, but just talk more generally about where you see the life that comes out of those two areas of ministry, maybe not intersected, but really one in the same. Yeah, I'll I'll start because I have my pithy answer and then Melanie can go like into some deep <laughs> reflection. I'll get I'll get it started. Um so the the thing that I, I typically say about any of this is as an evangelist, as a, the person who's involved in evangelism, I tend to see all of our work as evangelism, right? Like all of the ministries of the Episcopal Church to me, because evangelism is proclaiming the good news of Christ in word and action, right? And that's what we're all doing in different ways, like racial reconciliation, I feel like is good news, hopefully, right? Like um, working with refugees is is good news. Um, you know our our ethnic ministries and all the work they're doing, our global partnerships. Like I, I see all of it as good news. And um, and one of the things I talk about this a lot. You know, I heard Juan Oliver say once. He said, "Who is staying up all night waiting to hear good news?" And then mm. um, I've added to that, what does that good news sound like to them, look like, feel like? And there's a lot of people right now, especially our younger generations, who are more aware, more in touch um, with our, our climate crisis, with um, 
the desperate need for true creation care in all the ways. And they are desperate to hear the good news of how to do this, of, of movement, of what's possible. And um, they want to hear the good news of, of meaning that, that are, they want the words and the actions to go together. Right. Um, and so that's one of the places I see the intersection of evangelism and creation care work is that creation care work is really living out a way of sharing good news with people in a, in a way that they're desperate to hear. So, so that's part of that for me. Yeah, I, um, I'm digging all of that and I'm really excited that this is the first time I think we've been able to have like a big banner that says, this is what the Jesus movement looks like. And you can ex- come and experience it in its totality. Um, and I think there was a reason why um, Bishop Curry started saying Jesus movement nine years ago. It just caught fire because it gave people a sense of there's a purpose to, to all of our work and sort of living in this different form of church, different form of Christianity. That's more than just, uh, you know, preaching and being holier than now, but there's, there's something to it. Um, yeah. And I, I love the fact that like for creation care, for reconciliation, um, along racial lines, they evangelism is sort of the, the why of what we do. Um, I, I remember being like in my early twenties, that phase where you stop going to church and um, looking around and encountering Episcopalians who were like marching for justice and saving the planet. And I thought, no one told me that there could be a church like this. I mean, how come nobody told me? Like, I just thought, you know, it was Bible thumpers or nothing. And um, I think this, this intersection allows us to like really shout it out. Like there are folks who are all about doing praying with our feet and our hands and everything. And because, because of this is how God told us to live. Um, yeah. And so that evangelism piece, like, why do it? No, you're not gonna tell anybody about it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great gift. So hopefully a gift to our, to our past selves. If you were wondering, looking for your, your justice oriented Christians, um, your people care about the commons, the common good, uh, you know, like, like this is here, this is us, this is our church. Um, this is how we live. Yeah. And it's all about love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good segue. Because um, a bunch of you are going to be in my town in Baltimore in July. And you're doing this festival. Um, it's all about love, a festival for the Jesus movement. Um, what's that all about? And what's what where did this I where did this idea even come from? Because it it doesn't sound like um, normally when churches are gathering in the summer, it's to do your business meetings, it's to vote on things and to like, and this doesn't sound like that. No, there will be no voting. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we have some funny little, you know, I don't know, vote for your favorite lunch, at the box lunches or something. Um, there will be no voting this summer. Uh, so where this came from was a couple of different places. It's, it's the intersection again, or it really is a festival of the Jesus movement, what Melanie was talking about, right? So it's these ways of living out our faith um, publicly and growing in our faith, et cetera. So it's, it's all about these 
areas of this Jesus movement, which really, again, all of our work, you know, we have these three, what we call priorities um, that are kind of the things that pull all of our work together um, as the Jesus movement, evangelism and creation care and reconciliation. But again, all of our work as the Episcopal Church is part of the Jesus movement. Um, and so we wanted to get together and have kind of, a, we called it a festival and not a conference because we wanted kind of to have a party um, and to have fun, right? After all these years of um, a lot of stress and a lot of loss and um, a lot of just tension in our world, we wanted to kind of have this exhale of okay, let's come together. Let's, let's live into some fun. I mean, the thing is, is that we believe in celebrating, right? Like that's literally part of our faith. <laughs> we celebrate the Eucharist, you know, and um, we don't just like have Eucharist. I, I know we use that phrase a lot, but like we celebrate the Eucharist. Um, and so we wanted to come together and celebrate the Thanksgiving of who we are, who we've been created to be. And this gift of the Jesus movement. And so that's kind of like the philosophical or whatever. The other thing is last summer, um, also in Baltimore, there was all the voting, right? There was the, the general convention of the Episcopal We Church. did our business. We did our business. <laughs> Look, we did our business. Uh, but we couldn't, uh, it, because again of the pandemic and of, of COVID restrictions and being careful and, and doing our due diligence, all the, the things that we were supposed to do, it really was just the folks who were doing the business, um, who were doing the voting. And even they were kept pretty locked down in terms of interaction with each other, even between the House of Bishops and the House of Deputies. Um, and then all the rest of us who usually come to that to support that work, to do like exhibit hall work, to do fellowship, to um, sit in on meetings and, and do advocacy work, all that kind of stuff. None of us could come. There's, there's a lot of well, times. You, you forgot Jerusalem. Yeah. You forgot eating crab cakes and drinking Natty Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. We couldn't do that. Right. So we couldn't all come <laughs> yeah. to do that. So we didn't get to do that together last summer. So we didn't get the fellowship part, which really is like an energizing thing, you know, to the work of ministry at large. So we didn't get to do it. We didn't get to gather that way, um, which we really needed. And um, which I always say, you know, you, you think about uh, kind of Jesus's commandments to us and the way he modeled. And then you think about like our first baptismal promise as Episcopalians and we promise to you know what is it we'll keep the apostles teachings and the fellowship and the breaking of the bread and mm. we weren't able to do that last summer right that fellowship part and the learning the teachings the fellowship the communion like we weren't able to do all that together um and so we wanted to do that we wanted to um, have that fellowship time we didn't get to have last summer um, and also, again, because of this thing that happened for three years, um, there were our de particular departments, Melanie's and mine, and we had not been able to have our in-person gatherings that we had kind of planned. You know, the Evangelism Matters Conference and the Creation Care Summit and the Racial Reconciliation Network Gathering. Like, we had not been able to have these events and... Um, and it's, it's such a combination of all these things. It's literally like making soup, right? Like it's this, this, this. Um, and also we uh, had been planning to have a churchwide revival service 
um, again, in 2020, we were supposed to have this big church-wide revival service. And then we were supposed to have it, when that got postponed, we were supposed to have it at general convention. And then again, this was one of those things we couldn't do last summer. Um, so when we were kind of looking at the calendar and starting to think through, we thought, well, why don't we have all these things together? Why don't we have all these summits, this revival, this getting back together? Um, let's put it all together and let's go back to Baltimore because Baltimore, we promised Baltimore, the city of Baltimore, that we would come and bless it with 2000 Episcopalians or whatever, right? Maybe even more. Um, and we were able to like honor a little bit of that last summer, but not the full thing. And so we really wanted to come back and, and uh, give back to Baltimore after they gave so much to us, especially last summer. Um, and so those are, those are some of the, the reasons Melanie's probably got some things I forgot, but that's that's some of how it got started anyway <laughs> no I gosh thank you for reminding us about the pandemic and the way it figures into what we're doing um for a lot of us in the church not everybody but uh for those who love meetings and conventions are kind of our last happy memory was a big church-wide just convention of conventions uh called rooted in Jesus with no business you know no no legislation, no rules. It was just folks explaining their beloved, happy ministry hobby and, and sharing. And I think the feeling of that, like, oh man, there are folks out here like me uh, exploring and experimenting. And so the idea that that happened like right before the pandemic, it, it was like our last get together for everyone went home for two or three years. Um, really, I mean, helped sell me on this idea that, yeah, this is a time to to recapture that feeling and um and to acknowledge i mean it's really gonna be hard just wherever you are in society like we lost a lot two years three years without connecting uh lost maybe actual people family and friends um how do we rebuild that part of ourselves that shares that grows that connects um and reminding ourselves that this is the why this is one of the whys for our church uh, i was just thinking like now, like when everything's kind of closed down and hotels and, and restaurants um, are used to scaling back, if the church doesn't bring people together, I mean, who will? Especially like we're not doing it for a purpose or to make profit or there's no commercial motive. But um, this is, I love that, like Richardson said, this is one of our callings from Jesus. We will gather and we will gather together joyfully. So um but that memory, though, of like our last joyful big gathering, whatever it was for you, whether you were before <laughs> before 2020 broke out in full, um, anamnesis, if you're a liturgy nerd, is, is sort of our liturgical superpower as Episcopalians. We take memory and turn it into maybe blessed bread and wine or this one would be blessed gathering together. Mm -hmm. So um, it's so much. It's so exciting. It's, it's um, for once, not about the business, not about commerce, but about just showing where God's growing um, and, and sharing and helping us um, remember lovingly and figure out what's next, discern together. Um, yeah. So I want to hear about what, what's the format like? What do you, you know, what are we going to do? So much. <laughs> well, just take a bite. <laughs> take a snapshot. So much. What are you okay. excited about? We, we actually, I was actually working on an email about this yesterday, like a little 
blurb to send out to remind people that uh, we've extended early bird registration till June 1st, but that's it. Like we're cutting it off. Um, and the, the, the hotels are going to like be double the price after mid June. So we're trying to get people to register. Um, and so we were trying to come up with like a cute little email, you know, to send. And so we came up with a, like a bullet list. That's kind of cute. So it's like 90 plus workshops. Okay, you have like over 90 workshops and sessions to choose from. Um, there's six workshop slots and a bunch of conversation slots, huddles. Um, so 90 plus workshops. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. 90 plus workshops, four worship services, three um, plenaries, right? Days of learning. Um, let's see, two box lunches. <laughs> And a festival to remember. <laughs> One festival to remember. <laughs> so that's the snapshot, right? Like we start on a Sunday night uh, or a Sunday afternoon with some gatherings. I think Sacred Ground, folks who've been through Sacred Ground, right, Melanie? Yes, um, we're having a little reunion. Gotta yeah. come. Yeah. Yep. There's going to be some reunion things happening on Sunday. And we start with a revival service that night with Bishop Curry and live hymnal doing the music. And then the next day we start with our plenary speakers and workshops all day, intentional conversation times, um, lunch, like lunch focused gatherings. So we're going to, like we said, our two free box lunches that you get, um, that you can take and go to some different conversations. I think like uh, president of the house of deputies, uh, Julia Elliott Harris is going to be there doing, um, like an, uh, a Q&A or conversation, lunch, deputy, like, anyway, there's going to be some of that going on. I think some of our seminaries are going to have some gatherings and reunions going on, um, amazing workshops. And then every night there's going to be worship again, um, really excited about the revival worship. And then Wednesday, we're going to close with uh, Brian McLaren and Bishop Curry talking, and I'm going to let uh, Melanie drop all the names from reconciliation and creation care. Uh, and then we're going to have a closing Eucharist. And that I think is going to be amazing. Um, just really excited about that. And each of the revival services, the worship services, the three night worship services are going to have a little different flavor in terms of their theme. And so there's going to be one that's really focused around creation care, right? And one that's around reconciliation. And so I think what's going to be fun about that is that I hope that these things inspire, you know, that the whole event inspires folks about what is possible back in their own context and that people can come and say, yeah. oh, this is what I could, you know, I can't put on this huge revival service maybe in my context, but I can take this piece from this creation care worship service. I can take this prayer. I can take these song selections, right? Like, so anyway, the whole thing, um, I think is going to be really fun. It's going to stretch our imagination while also mm -hmm. honoring our tradition. And I'm really excited. So much. Yeah. I if abundance could look like like festival, this is what it is. Um, and the fact that the abundance overflows is sort of a sign. This is our our our, our wedding feast of Kenna with, with the amount of workshops. And I love that like these are not um like staff people talking at you. It's just the abundance coming from the church when we put out a call saying who has something to share. Oh my gosh. We were overwhelmed with folks who are the real experts from all over, not just the U S but all the Episcopal church countries. Um, 
talking about ways that they are doing all these incredible ministry. Um, there's also a chance to get a really focused, excellent preaching. I'm so excited to hear um, Dr. Um, Lon. We've got some reconciliation preachers who preach and live in racial reconciliation. Um, Mariama White Hammond, as young, dynamic, but preaches in like the idea of creation and embodying your reconciled creation care self in a way that's going to be really thrilling. Um, we've got like just phenomenal voices talking about um, pushing the edges of what it means to be doing and living in right relationship with the earth and with each other. Um, everything from our own Rachel Taylor Hamilton, who is phenomenal to the student body president of the Episcopal High School of Olympia Mark this down, Arun is going to be a star. So we've got like young voices that are just dragging us church with them into being the future church. I, so many voices, it's gonna be so exciting. And yes, you can't get a free lunch apparently. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just an abundance. And, and we, when I look at the schedule, there's choices every every block of hours, but I'm I'm thinking of them not as like, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss out on one voice, but that there's just this overflowing, like, like a Pentecost moment of um, all the voices kind of praising God that you're going to hear every permutation of what it means to love the earth and love one another and love God um, all in one go. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. And one, one, a couple of other things that I'm excited about, we're going to do some live podcasting, triple yes. S and this is this other podcast. Um, and I need to talk to those guys, uh, the Food and Faith podcast. I, I'm hoping they uh, will do some some podcasting from there. Yes, um, yes but uh, you know we're we're gonna have some fun. You know, do some book signings. Uh, you know, because I'm gonna plug uh, Derek's book right now. Derek, what's the <laughs> name of your book? We'll do a book signing. You, you and Anna Wolf. And I, I don't know that I will. Have, you, you keep promising this book signing. I don't. I'm not oh going to have God, books to sign man. yet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the book comes out in October. I'm not going to have books to sign. You need oh, book play. You need little plan. stickers that you can sign stickers. that people can put. Stickers. <laughs> no, I think we need headshots that you autograph. <laughs> what's the sustainable version of this i think i think what would be the the tragic irony of of selling headshots of a presbyterian at an episcopal conference um all all of this all of this sounds very wrong to me um but i i do want to we've talked we've because i of of where we are i do want to like how is how is food going to play itself out in this festival because I think we've talked a little bit about creation care and and I I'm super excited for all of the ways that this will show up but where where will I mean you'll be in Baltimore so you know there'll be there'll be crab cakes obviously somewhere at some point but how, how is how is food going to play appear in this festival oh that's um, such a great question I mean besides just eating it all the time um so a couple of fun things, right? Uh, we're going to have local food trucks um, before the revival service on Sunday. So we're excited about that. And Derek, if you have any favorites, send them our way. Uh, if you want to recommend anybody. So we're definitely going to have that. Um, again, the 
the box lunches um, that we're going to have. And it's going to be interesting because we're both in the Hilton and the Baltimore Convention Center and they're connected to each other, right? And so you're going to be able to do workshops in both buildings. Um, and also we're going to have box lunches from both places. Um, and so that's going to be interesting. Uh, and one of the things that's really cool, especially around food in the Baltimore Convention Center, one of the things we learned when we went and did our site visit, we just were asking this simple question about like, are the boxes recyclable or made from like, you know, reused materials? Um, because we know our people and we know they're gonna have these questions, right? We don't wanna be creating all this extra waste. And we were with like our, we were with catering, we were with building management, all these people. And all of a sudden we learned all of these things. It like, it was the, just the little door that opened for them to begin to tell us about all the ways the Baltimore Convention Center is eco-friendly and sustainable. They have beehives on their roof. Um, they take all their compost to a pig farmer. Um, so they all the food waste goes out, goes back into the, the system, right? Essentially into the cycle. Um, they use all sustainable materials. Their chef like grows a lot of the herbs and things that he uses in the food. They try to use as many local um, produce and other kinds of vendors as they can. I mean, again, knowing that you have the, some parameters of being a large, you know, commercial kitchen sort of thing. Um, but they have this, just this amazing sustainable approach. And that was just really exciting mm. to think that even our little box lunches are going to have a local flavor to them. Um, and are in some way giving back like all the honey they use comes from their beehives on the roof right like it, it's just I don't know I think that's really cool um so there's so that's part of it um and then I think too just that gathering around the table we have left big chunks of time um two we have two hours for lunch and two hours for dinner um on the schedule because we want people you know whether it's with their box lunches or whether they go out for lunch or whether they go of course they'll go out for dinner to take their time and to savor to savor the food to savor the fellowship um that this doesn't need to be like rushing to eat fast food i mean not judgment i mean you know i, I love yeah. the McDonald's cheeseburger but um, but just that idea of we don't have to be rushing. There needs to be space. We're trying to honor that way of love, practice of rest um, and bless, right? That we're going to rest together. We're going to bless each other and um, we're going to have time um, to savor the goodness of, of God and each other. Um, so hopefully people are going to go have amazing meals and amazing conversations um, and and we're going like to, just, you know, yeah. something simple. And we're, we're and, going to plan some good, good news garden things, um, bringing people together. Hopefully, uh, you know, get a tour of the convention center, you know, go mm -hmm. be able to see the beehives and the herb garden and um, sort of learn what's going on right on site. But, you know, um, you're walking distance from some, some great urban ag. Um, that's yeah. going on or at least you know a quick quick ride somewhere so we're still that's looking at those details which will be fun I totally thought Jerusalem was going to go there in her countdown um, because 
one great festival, but also um, one actual walking tour. Well, actually, there's two walking tours, but one <laughs> where um, we get to visit um, folks who have received grants, mm. uh, creation care grants from Episcopal Church. So the fabulous St. James folks who um, have both like merged like urban gardening with um, really healing community and earth. And I think even on the racial justice tour, there is uh, some urban gardening in there. So love to see how, once again, those pieces are integrated and not in silos. So yeah, you're right. It's not one, it's two, two walking tours. But we'll get to see how that like food production is, is meshed with other types of urban ministry, uh, which is really exciting. I'm so excited about that. This is one of those festivals that I'm like, why am I planning this? I want to actually go do all the things. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> all the things. Which is why, this is what I want to say to other people. I think, Melanie, you mentioned this. Somebody, or maybe it was Derek, somebody was saying, like, it's hard because there's so many to choose from, right? Like, there's so many. So that's why, friends, you need to bring your whole team. Like, you need to bring multiple people, right? If you are in a in a church or a diocese or an area that's got a creation care task force, the whole task force needs to come so you can divide and conquer over all the workshops, right? Um, if you've got a parish, you've got a vestry, like come divide and conquer. Just and to help you do this, we have group rates now, um, which you can find on the website, and we'll put that link. Um, but if you go to episcopalchurch.org the festival link is right there on the front page. <laughs> you can't miss it. It's huge. Uh, but look for group rates because uh, groups of 10 or more have one rate. Groups of 25 or more have a different rate. Um, and those rates will not expire. So those, um, we're not going to cut those off at June 1st. Those are going to go all the way up to the end. But but grab your friends and come divide and conquer. And then at dinner, like share, right? Spend dinner sharing all the things you learned at your different workshops. Um, so that you can really take advantage of the whole picture um, as a team, as a group. Yeah, and uh, Jerusalem has been so good about helping us think about the ways in which um, this shows that we're not in silos. Yes, you might have a passionate a love of evangelism or creation care, but how are we doing it? Are you thinking about liturgical worlds or formation of, or the experimental labs? So there's there's ways in which you can take your sort of ministry skill set and try it out in some places that might be a, a new ministry passion of yours. But um also the number one thing, there is just one speed dating night. We're gonna do ministry speed dating and I cannot wait. <laughs> um, so not gonna go home with a romantic partner. I mean you might, but really sharing all, all these creative and fantastic ways that um church folks are living into these ministries. So can't wait for the speed dating yeah th- let's let's let's, let's not over promise um, <laughs> but, um this all sounds amazing and and I, I especially appreciate the the setting big chunks of time aside for for meals um because one of the things that I am finding myself railing against more and more is the idea of food as fuel that food is, we are not machines that need to be, you know, filled with fuel so that we can get back to working. Like food is about the experience of being together. It is about getting to savor, it is about getting to enjoy both the things that we're eating and the people that we're eating with. And so um, that 
I think segues nicely into our our final question, um, which um, I have I have insisted on us bringing back, um, and that is asking both of you what is what is the food that makes you sigh with comfort, um, and it, that could be something that goes back to childhood. That could be even maybe something recent that you've had that was just like. Ah, that was so good. So um, either of you, whoever wants to start, feel free to jump in. You know, I was talking to a friend joking that like, now that we're adults and sophisticated and can buy whatever you want, you think it's going to be fancy restaurant food or something, but I still just, I still want like very regional collard greens with chow chow and please look that up I'm not going to explain it to you <laughs> but just you know stuff that grandma cooked in a pot and the making of it was as holy as the eating of it uh, yeah but definitely chow chow c-h-o-w c-h-o-w yeah I we I know about chow chow <laughs> collard greens yes <laughs> Um, so the first thing that came to my mind right now is because I just had it and it's so funny. So when I go back to Arkansas, um, you know, I'm in the North now and there's a lot of amazing food here. Um, but there's a lot of things that aren't here <laughs> that you can get in Arkansas. Um, and so I had this like little tour of all my favorites and there is this, and if I know all my Arkansas friends, if they're listening, they're going to laugh at me. There's this taco shop. It's called tacos for life. It is in no way like an authentic, I'm not, these are not authentic street tacos in any way, but it's a great little uh, regional restaurant and they give back like for every meal you purchase, um, they give a meal away. And so um, in a, in a larger area in different parts of the world, um, which is a really cool thing, but they have these two, they have these two tacos that I just love and they have them on puffy tortillas. Like they deep fry the tortilla. <laughs> so they're puffy. Um, and one's a fried chicken with like a honey glaze kind of situation mm. on it. And the other is this Chipotle steak that has like the best pico. And I mean, they are so good. And I just, and so when I was home, uh, one of my friends, we were getting together with some college friends and she's like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, tacos for life. And everybody else has them all the time. So she just brought me my own. They were all eating something <laughs> else, but she brought me my own. And then the street corn that they have, they have like a, the street corn, but it's off the cop. It's like in a, you know, so it's all mixed together. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. Those the, the, just the, make the, me so happy. Okay. The, the two of you are, the two of you are killing me. <laughs> Because I haven't had breakfast yet. <laughs> I just heard a growl in my stomach. Oh, so that's that's a wrap for today's Spade Spoon Soul, aka Triple S. If you want to know more, you can find us on Spade Spoon Soul Facebook page or email us at Spade Spoon Soul Podcast at gmail.com. And a huge shout out and thanks to Derek who produces these wonderful podcasts and who's uh, co-hosting. Well, our sister, uh, Bishop Jennifer Baskerville Burroughs is sabbaticaling and um, we'll look forward to having her back in the fall, but we really 
great to have Derek. And um, he also, you should check out the Food and Faith podcast, which Derek does with uh, Anna Wolfenden. And um, so they're sort of our inspiration behind Triplet. So thanks, Derek, for doing this. And also, I always want to thank Jay Sidebotham um, yeah, for the artwork he's done for us, as well as Ryan Lee for the, the music that brings us in and takes us out. So until next time, we hope you will find ways to connect your soul to your spade or spoon or both. Until next time, everyone. Take care.